Okay, welcome back. This is our, I guess, our Patreon episode, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, you pay a little bit extra, you get more McShank, baby. Do people still use Patreon? I, I think so. Yeah, yeah is that still I've thing? only ever heard of it for like podcasts and Instagram girls. No, oh, okay. <laughs> That's it. So, Shall um, we unpack that more? No. <laughs> okay, let's, let's go, just move let's on. Move on. Nope. Uh, so this, uh, this segment will be a little less structured, I think, than mm-hmm. the top 10 list uh, where we kind of have to follow a specific structure, but... I think the first thing we want to talk about, we did this way back in 2008, and we never really did it again. Um, do you remember what your movie was that you did this oh, with? man. Because um, I, I, I... Oh, wait, I just remembered mine. I couldn't think oh, of it. Really? I just remembered it. Yeah. Damn it, man. Wow. What was it? Well, that's exciting. What was it? I talked about Religious, the okay. Bill Maher documentary. Oh, wow. God. And you talked about Ghost Town. Oh, yeah. The Ricky Gervais Okay, movie. yeah. Because yeah. I think it's because it was, again, I had like, just seen it very recently. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't put this on my list, but yeah, okay, all right. Well, yeah. thanks for remembering. Wow, okay. that's great. Yeah, well, this is the the special interest movie that didn't make the list for whatever reason, but we felt still needed some kind of spotlight to mm-hmm. go on it. Um, and then I think we'll follow it up with maybe some of our favorite performance picks of the year, and then get into just I love the favorite moments question because it could be from a film that you otherwise hated in, yeah. in theory. But this one particular moment stuck with you, blew you away, made you laugh, whatever. Yep. So that's always a favorite for me as well. But Ryan, let's uh, want to kick it off with you. Okay. So, so what's your special interest movie? So my special interest, and I, I alluded to it a little bit in the top 10 show, is a movie that I had at number 10 originally. And then at 11.30 p.m. last night, I realized I had to lop it off because uh, I needed to squeeze Widows into there. <laughs> yep. Because I knew Widows needed to be on there. So my special mention, and I don't think you're gonna. I don't think you're gonna. I don't, I don't think you're gonna guess what it is. This has been just a podcast of just surprises, I think, for you at least. My special mention is a movie called Den of Thieves. Oh, I heard the Gerard Butler one. Yes, I, I never, I never saw it. Oh man, you love Heat. I do love Heat. It's very similar to Heat. Wow. Okay. Yes. Okay. So you can almost like feel like you could just if you licked your television, you would lick testosterone. Like it is so just oozing with that, like just manness in it. It's just like it, it really is pretty damn close to heat. Like I, you could tell they're really drawing off of it. It's about a heist. The this team of bank robbers going against this team of, you know, hardened police officers and stuff like that. But the sound, like the gunshot sounds, I think they made specially, uh, they, they, they took special notice of what the gunshot sounded like, and they really made it realistic and very Heat-esque. Hmm. Um, it's a star-making turn for Pablo Schreiber, who has been in um, Orange is the New Black, and he is in that TV show American Gods. Um, but he's the head, the head of this high-end robber crew with 50 Cent, and O'Shea Jackson Jr., and a lot of other nameless, faceless dudes. Um, Gerard Butler is a delight, and it's his best role since, I think, Rock and Rolla in 2008. Oh, I mean, I was looking through his, his IMDb. You know, Ger- his IMDb is just littered with shit. Like, it Gerard is Butler awful. needs like a Matthew McConaughey style. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think he's as talented as McConaughey is, but he needs that kind of that streak of that comeback role. But would you have thought that about McConaughey in like 2005? Would you have thought like, well, man, McConaughey really needs a renaissance. I think he's really talented. I don't well, think we would have seen that. Some of the 90s stuff would have given me oh, hope yeah, for that. Oh, yeah, that's true. I, I guess, mean, like, you yeah. know, the, the contact, Days of Confused. Uh, Days yeah. of Confused. Like, I, I always thought he had it in him, mm-hmm. but it wasn't until he dropped the shit and yeah. started working with great filmmakers and started releasing amazing movies. So I was like, yeah, no, but I think Gerard Butler 
could be poised for that kind of a kick. I mean, he's never, you know, I mean, he's never made like a great movie that no. I can think of. But you, you, you look at him and you're like, this guy could be in great movies. Yeah, he's got the look. He definitely knows. But in, this movie makes the best use of that type of talent that he's shown the last, you know, 10, 15 years. I mean, he gets to have a lot of fun. He is the head of the, um, like, the sheriff's department major crimes that's sort of chasing down their crew. And it's littered with lines like, you know, we're not going to be, do we look like we're the ones that take hand, put you in handcuffs, take you down to the station? No, that's a lot of paperwork. We just shoot you, you know? Like, he's like, and he holds up his badge at one point. He goes, you see this? This gives me a license to kill you or something like that. Like, he just is, like, chewing scenery, munching it. Um, There's a lot of effort. Sort of ham-fistedly, I would think, but it's still fun. Like it's a, that's what it is. It's a lot of fun. It's basically they show like the thin line between the evil ways of the heist crew and the lawlessness of this police of this like segment of the police department and stuff. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's like, ooh, look, they're both like getting their weapons ready for this raid, and oh, this guy's getting his gun for this and stuff like that. And you know how much I love a heist film too. So that is a main component of it too. it's a love letter to a grimy and like gritty part of Los Angeles. It takes place in more like mm. the South Bay area. It's an L.A. movie, right? It is. Okay, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. So it's like, because L.A. apparently, I worked at a bank when this movie came out. And the, one of the first things they show you is the statistics on how many banks are robbed in Los Angeles <laughs> on like a yearly basis. Mm-hmm. And it was like sobering. Like, oh, man. Wow. Okay. I'm in the wrong profession. Wow. But yeah. So because... Um, so, but but it t- it doesn't take place in like downtown. It doesn't take place. It's like you they reference places like Downey and like Downey, like <laughs> like, like Lancaster, way, way east and, you know, yeah, there. like yeah. Torrance and stuff like that. So it's just yeah, like it's it's a different part. You could really tell the writer kind of like new L.A. and stuff like that. Um, but it's fun. It's stylish. It's gritty. I think the heat. You know, I you may come back with it and just be like that movie sucked. I hated it. <laughs> but like. I I thought of you because I, I know you uh-huh. much you love heat and they yeah. sort of like did kick in where it's like oh this is this scratches that heat itch for me I the think. heat itch yeah. okay so, right this yeah. movie's got the heat coming around the corner Den of Thieves baby Den of Thieves okay you know yeah. I remember you mentioning that movie to me way back when it came out and I I made a mental note of it but I should have actually made a real note of it because I completely forgot it even existed so I'll definitely get around to Den of Thieves and let you know what I thought thank you sir. Uh, my special interest movie is it's it's actually the last movie I saw before this list, um, and I would never normally go of something with something of such kind of an academic framing, but it's uh, it's they shall not grow old. Um, I'm sorry. They shall not grow oh, old. Oh, they shall not grow old. Okay. Yes, the Peter Jackson World War One documentary. Oh yeah, okay. Um, and all I can say is I've talked to other people who have seen it and they they like it, but not quite as much. They're not quite as over the moon for it as I am. But in my mind, for my money, it does exactly what it claims to do from the onset, which is bring the past to life in a way that is truly shocking and sobering. Um, the There is a actually a an after-the-credits 20 or 30-minute sequence where Peter Jackson personally walks you through the techniques they use to actually restore this footage of World War I. Um, and that's arguably as interesting or even more as the movie itself. But Jackson also comes at the beginning of the movie to introduce the actual movie. And you can tell right away his personal stake in this. Like this is a movie that he's doing just as a pure, honest work of humanism 
and it's he reveals he had someone he knew who died. He had a relative who died in the First World War. All this stuff. Um, but the the true meat and potatoes of this experience is the footage that they got from BBC that is quite literally now a hundred years old, and they both colorized it and smoothed it in a sense so where it actually looks like your typical modern 24 frames a second mm-hmm. um and there is a, a moment in this movie where um after a considerable lead-in uh where you're seeing kind of it's taking you through the whole narrative of the war so footage of people going to sign up people of basic training like boot camp that kind of thing and then it uh, basically brings you kind of toward the front line um and there's a moment where the footage ceases to be black and white and becomes color. And that moment for me, like, you know, a spoiler for the later segment is one of the most memorable moments, moments of the year for me, uh, because it really, really does bring faces, events, uh, the time period to life in ways that have never been seen before by anybody. I mean, so much of this footage just you would think would be corroded after all these years would be unusable whatever and the raw footage is really you know they shot it every different frame rate you can think of back then it goes from like 13 frames a second 14 frames a second all the way to 17 so jackson and his crew had to actually figure out how to easily identify what they were shooting at and then make it 24 but it's really hard to describe just how amazing it is to just see these faces that you would think were forever lost to time in in color in a very very palatable and digestible way just you know these are it's not that long ago really 100 years nothing that's like great grandparents grandparents great grandparents you know right um and the whole experience of it i just found both intense and just overwhelmingly both cool and just resonant as a work of humanism you know like it was done with the clearest and I think the best authentic intentions and it's succeeded brilliantly like it it's 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 a time capsule brought to vivid life that I think you know thankfully is around now for the rest of time and we can actually see what the soldiers went through to mm-hmm. some extent and in some cases you're you're literally you're seeing the footage of soldiers probably about 30 minutes before they died and it's 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 shocking like it's just it's it's a really shocking experience and words are kind of failing me now but you probably get the idea (laughs) yeah i mean it's an interesting idea i i would imagine there would probably be a faction of people that are like keep your hands off this sort of like bastardization and trying to update it you know i feel like but it seems like it's they're doing it with the best of intentions they're not doing it just to do it like they're doing it to preserve the history of it mm-hmm. and to again make it palatable and, and yeah. bring more people to it um mm-hmm. it looks fascinating i've heard nothing but great things about it i didn't mm-hmm. realize that peter jackson was like the main dude yeah, involved directed which, it it was like a four or five year project with, I mean, with uh with uh wingnut his he doesn't make yeah. it easy on himself does he he doesn't ever he doesn't ever like i'm just gonna settle down and just do like the little <laughs> indie picture here no we're gonna take hundreds of hours of footage and yeah. speed it up and slow it down and <laughs> colorize it and make sure well it's funny because like the first thing you see in the movie is a, a shot of him introducing it and He's not aging very well, Ryan. Like he, yeah. he's starting to kind of look like one of the orcs from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> but incredibly intelligent, passionate, and filmmaking has not slowed down a beat. Like he, 
it, what he's able to do and the narrative he shapes with this material is uh, is is quite astounding. And there's no actual, there's no talking heads, there's no narration. Everything in the movie that you hear is first-person testimony from somebody who was there. Oh, and uh, they got that audio from 600 usable hours of audio. Along, I think there was a hundred hours of footage they had to sift through too. So just finding the footage and the story to tell what was a big bulk of the effort. Um, but I think the biggest issue people are having with it, and the few people I've seen who are detracting, is the perspective he gives us into the war, whose story he tells. Because you know it's it's BB it's it's British soldiers for the most of it, and you know I've heard some people come out saying you know why didn't you show the you know the people of color in the war more? Why didn't you get into the women more? You know the the women's side of the war, and it's like you know he he goes I I had to pick one story because I World War One is not a one movie it's event not a binary you know? thing yeah I had to follow one group of people, and you know this is kind of in you know it's British Empire like British subject is like that was the story i chose to tell there was a big wealth of footage from from the uk from them, yeah. and and that's what i did and where did I, you see it it was a one night only thing at ArcLight. oh and then oh, it, i think i i remember mm. getting the email about that yeah i didn't realize that it was just that it hasn't even come out yet it's supposed to come out like next week i think i think so. it comes out in february like yeah yeah more wide yeah right um but yeah i mean it's it's one of those experiences you never really forget and i i took a lot out of it i mean i, I found it to be quite moving huh they shall not grow old. Interesting. Mm. Very different in our... Uh... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Again, as per usual. <laughs> um, not really. I mean, we kind of yeah. see eye to eye on a lot of yeah, stuff typically. True. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I'll enjoy it. No, and I'm yeah. sure I'll enjoy Den of Thieves. Yeah, okay. Uh, the t- <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I mentioned basically all of my top performances in, my, yeah. in our top ten. But, I mean, really, Olivia Coleman. In the favorite, Joaquin Phoenix, you were never really here, and Daniel Kaluuya in Widows. Mm. So there's a scene I want to talk about because I didn't really mention a lot about it, but that that scene in the school, yeah, in the basketball, yeah, game. just yeah. in the in the gym is fascinating and just just fantastic filmmaking. So for those who haven't seen it, to set it up, I'll just I'll be quick about it. But they the you have two people that were supposed to do something for. Brian Tyree Henry's character and they messed up. And so Daniel Kaluuya, these two guys are like budding rap stars. And so they could do the beatboxing and the rapping and stuff like that. And so Daniel Kaluuya again, gets in their faces and says, no, no, I want to hear you. I want to hear you guys. There's just something menacing about the whole setup too. Yeah. And he's, cause he's like, no, I want to hear it. So these guys scared for their lives. Like, okay, maybe thinking, okay, well maybe we'll get out of it. So they start doing this beatbox and the rap. And then the camera just starts spinning in 360 degrees while Daniel Kaluuya is just like giving them the eye and kind of seeming like he's going to get into it a little bit. And like he's into it and he, but he never shows any sort of menacing tendencies or anything like that. And then just inexplicably just takes out a gun and just shoots the guy in the head. Yeah. And, and it's very rattling when he does yeah, it. Yeah. And the, it just, the sound design is, is, is very startling. And it jumps. I mean, and so that's his, his character just jumping you know, from this like, striking like a like yeah. a like a, a snake, you know. Right. Yeah. I was a little bit bummed. I did, I thought he deserved a better ending. I think because he had. Oh yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I think because he, he had such a presence in the film, I didn't think that. It's kind of like a oh that happened. Yeah, I was kind of like okay, there it is. Like I think they had so much they had to wrap up, but 
um, just throughout the throughout the movie. Just I mean, uh, yeah, as good as he mm. was in, in Get Out. So, but yeah, Olivia Coleman I mentioned as well. I I hope she wins the Academy Award. I think she's great. Uh, and Joaquin Phoenix, who apparently will never win an Oscar. So, but we all know that how great he is, and literally, there is such a does. thing as being too good for the Oscars. Yeah, I, I, he, would he even show up? He probably wouldn't even show up if he got nominated. I don't know. He was never really there. All right. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm a, what were you going to talk about, Clayton? How was that editing hand of yours? Yeah, it's, it's per, getting pretty, heavier. It's pretty sharp, getting right? Getting heavier. heavier. Okay. Uh, best performances. Uh, I'll try to touch the ones that haven't really been brought up yet. Uh, I'd say Tony Collette in Hereditary was pretty damn good. I mean, I have. I'm all over the place on that movie as yeah, a movie. I am too. Um, it's I head think, and shoulders above <laughs> anything else. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, I think the movie is too busy, but what it does well, it does really well. Uh, but Tony Collette as this kind of reluctant and disintegrating mother character was about as strong as anything I saw next to Olivia Coleman this year at the movies in terms of really occupying the headspace of a damaged character and delivering in spades. There was buzz that she would get, she should get mm-hmm. nominated. That yeah. There was some people sort of championing her. Mm-hmm. I agree on the movie. I feel like it does something really well in the first half and then just mm-hmm. completely just kills it in the second half. Um, you know, all the goodwill that it had built, that it built up, but mm-hmm. um, she's definitely great. I mean, that, that <laughs> just that, I know, I think we talked about it just in life, but that scream where, where yeah. just the, 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 the son after, is sleeping after the, the tragedy. Which, by the way, is probably the best scene in the movie because yeah. it was the most realistic to me. That's what yeah. somebody would actually do after that kind of traumatic event. Just sort of go, oh, this, this was just a dream. Let's yeah, just go I, that, home that, and... that couldn't have just happened. Nope. I'm just going to go home and go to sleep. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, so but, the, but her <laughs> the, the scream, she realizes it is like blood curdling and you just hear mm. it in your bones. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I'd say uh, Claire Foy in Unsane, the Steven Soderbergh oh, movie. Yeah, I didn't see that one. Uh, she kind of plays an unreliable protagonist and, and narrator and does some pretty good stuff there. Uh, Cynthia Ervo in Bad Times at the El Royale, mm-hmm. I think. I think that um, movie should get a little bit more love. It probably should get a little yeah. bit more love, yeah. Uh, yeah, she was great in it, though. That her... As the, the soul singer with yeah. the, the cryptic past, <laughs> yeah. I guess you would say. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen it again. I'm not sure how well it holds up when you know everything that happens in it because it's kind of a, a whodunit movie. Mm-hmm. But there are some insanely enjoyable sequences yeah, in that movie. Totally agree. Uh, what else? Uh, Tessa Thompson in everything. Yeah. Uh, in life. In life. Yeah. Uh, Annihilation. Uh, Creed two. She was also really good in again. Uh, Creed two. A bit of a surprise. I think mm-hmm. of how good it was. Yeah. It, it was a very worthy sequel. Yep. Very worthy sequel. Yep. And it had a, it had a problem of I think the antagonist being a more interesting than the protagonist. Yeah. Uh, but Michael B. Jordan, love you. Yep. Uh, let's Not see. Nope. On the actor side, um, the Ethan Hawke did really good work in first reformed. Yeah, he did. Uh, Chris Hemsworth in bad times of the El Royale uh-huh. as the, uh, sociopathic cult leader, <laughs> the shirtless cult Constantly leader. Constantly shirtless. I think one of my favorite scenes all year, it's not going to make my moments, but it's him just dancing to the deep purple song. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that's, that's, that's pure cinema. Uh, let's see Ben Foster and leave no trace. The two leads from blind spotting, uh, and John C. Riley from a movie called The Sisters Brothers. Mm-hmm. Wanted uh, to see it. Um, Another Joaquin Phoenix movie. Yeah, really. I can't say enough about John C. Riley and just like he's Gary Oldman level chameleon. I mean, that dude can sell Dewey Cox. He can sell 
this 1850s cowboy. He can sell fucking Magnolia. Mm-hmm. You know, like that dude. Put him in any movie. One he's, of the stepbrothers. Yeah, one of the yeah, stepbrothers. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Uh, put that dude in any movie. He'll make it. Um, let's see. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it uh, for, on the for, actor side. Uh, yeah, it was a good year for uh, Brian Tyree Henry, both on Beale Street. Beale Street. And, uh, well, and, yeah. and on and uh, in, uh, Widows. Widows. Yeah. Um, and well, and he's also just awesome in uh, Atlanta, another uh, mm-hmm. TV show. It's not a TV podcast. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, so those are good. Want to get like to the, when I get to the let's moments? Get, but yeah, let's, 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 let's get to them. So I... I I had to basically. I have three that I that I like that I have in my three, and then I have my others receiving votes category, mm-hmm. which is basically like I couldn't decide. Like these these moments would all be in there if it were like fifteen, I, they'd be on there, no problem. Um, and these aren't in any order. And I told you last night, it's because I I can't put them in any order. <laughs> like I just couldn't it doesn't do even it. make sense to put them in an order. No. Uh, but the first one that I'll bring up is the helicopter chase from Fallout, <laughs> as I mentioned. Uh, it really doesn't... I mean, you could have really picked any sequence. You could have picked the Halo jump. You the, could have picked the bathroom you fight. You could have picked the bathroom fight. You could have picked this. I mean, this one, just for the seeing it in IMAX and just seeing that that scope of what they're able to, to, to do, just, you know... I mean, there's a lot of CGI in it, but there's also not a lot of CGI in it. Like mm-hmm. when the when the when the helicopter is rolling down the hill, clearly CGI. But him actually flying the airplane or fly, flying the helicopter is not. Like he's actually up there doing it. Amazing. And it's just yeah, like it. It's intercutting that. I mean, you can just lump that whole sequence together because you're intercutting that with the. The, the the troops on the ground that are trying to figure out how to defuse the nuclear weapon <laughs> yeah. that they have that you know they first they have to find it and then they have to get it and then and take it apart and everything that, like that sequence so. just gets so so out of control yeah. i mean it's just i mean at the point where the helicopter is rolling down the cliff like mm-hmm. there there were people in the audience around me laughing but right. it wasn't a it wasn't a mocking laugh it was more just an appreciation yeah to how far they took yeah, this it's like oh this is happening now guys yeah it's like it, it was almost like it was a, a, a release or something like that yeah yeah, yeah. um should i just list my other two and then we can go back and forth or do you want to enlist one or uh yeah let's just let's, let's trade okay. um so definitely gonna get a little, a little bit of spoiler territory here you alluded to this in the other show, but um, I'm just going to call it the doppelganger dance from uh, Annihilation. That's what I have on here too. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I easily could have gone with the bear scene Yeah. as another holy shit hair stand up on the back of your neck moment. I think the flower scene is underrated too. The one where Tessa Thompson turns into a, like a bush. Oh yeah. That's it's very touching. On the opposite end. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a, more a touching quieter moment. moment, but I think that it's definitely still very effective as well. That's a good point. Like yeah. Giving yourself to the earth sort of, you know, like just mm-hmm. delaying, not, not delaying the inevitable anymore. But anyway, yeah, I, 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 yeah. I, I, let me, cause I, 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 I said the entire lighthouse sequence. So I said, yeah. even from the part, even before then, when she, oh, yeah. when she goes I'll, into the sequence, I liked all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm, yeah, but go ahead. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, it's just, I mean, I, I don't want to say too much more for people who haven't seen it, but that's probably a good enough picture of what's going on there. But the, the visuals, there's a, the score, it just feels like it's, uh, are there other words, are there bones. words to describe how yeah. the score is acting in this scene? I think yeah. it just, it just, it, it, I think it does just sort of get inside your skin. Like it yeah. just, it just rattles around and uh, with, with your bones and just like really just hammers you 
Um, but yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's it, it's it's unsettling. Like the score is unsettling, and but then there's also a weird thing where the the, the this moment you're you're speaking of where there really isn't a lot of score. Like then it just sort of backs off and you're just sort of left with a little bit of music here and there, but then you're just sort of left with this visual of like, it's kind of what amazing. the fuck am I looking at? It's kind at? of amazing yeah. how long this sequence is. Right. You know? Yeah, and it's it, probably it, 15 minutes. And, so. it, and it's all just surrealist and conceptual and it's not really like anything I can remember seeing in anything. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of amazed how far they pushed it, but I'm really glad they did because you just... At the end of the day, you want movies taking risks like that, and there's a lot in Annihilation that you could chalk up to that. It's a shame that it didn't do better at the box mm-hmm. office, but or maybe it came out a little bit too early to get like end of the year buzz. But but yeah, it's a, definitely a movie that I think is worthy of being seen for sure. Yeah. yeah. What do you got next? Uh, I have the the student uprising and baby delivery in Roma. Yeah. So I had to have some moment in Roma. It was either that or the or the end, but. The, the the this is that part what I mentioned in the top ten where it turned and I was like okay are we gonna, are we gonna do this now are we gonna because this is the, the this part of it evoked what Quaron does incredibly well which right. is this sort of like long takes lots of extras lots of giant shots things happening and mm-hmm. and just sort of ratcheting up tension right. more and more and more I mean that's basically all gravity essentially yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. this sort of like tense sort of Gravity thing. Gravity is just a roller coaster ride. Yeah. It's a so, theme park ride. So this one I so this so this one I really I cuz I respect the hell out of the the craft. Like yeah. I mean it's directed beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um you know. And yeah. So yeah. I, yeah, that's sort of where I I think I've I done my it. best to already overrate Roma in our top 10 podcasts. So <laughs> I tried to stay away from it in this section. Yeah. But yeah, I mean the first hour of the movie is 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 very slow and meandering, but when you look back on it, it's all kind of table setting. You know, it's all, it's like, it's seasoning. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, yeah, it's, it's seasoning Planting because, seeds of, of because what's you, what happens later doesn't really matter if you haven't invested in these people at this point. So, uh, yeah, that that is kind of the scene where it really ratchets up into high gear and becomes what you're kind of more used to seeing from Quran. Um, but yeah, I obviously will not argue with nope, that. You should not. <laughs> uh, what's your last one? So, my last one. One of the year's most indelible sequences to me is Joanna Kulig dancing in the Leclipse Club mm-hmm. from Cold War. Um, because her and Victor are, yes. they're kind of a little on the rocks at that moment. Um, the infatuation and passion is kind of, I don't know if burning out's the right word, but they're starting to kind of see what the real relationship looks like mm-hmm. as opposed to the idea of fly it. by night sort of thing. Yeah. That's yeah. Before. And so she's kind of just sitting at the bar, like forlorn where this more, uh, I don't know, is it jazzy music's playing and suddenly rock around the clock comes on from Bill Haley and the comets, you know, one of the earliest songs attributed to rock and roll that I can think of, mm-hmm. at least that style of rock and roll. And she basically just, loses it and becomes this like how, I gotta go to my words here because I, I tried to phrase this as best as possible like she's free feral and full of reckless abandon <laughs> uh, it's it's kind of a mesmerizing moment as she chooses different dance partners and gets up on the bar and starts dancing and she sells it like everything she does in this moment is perfect it's just this whole it's a microcosm for the whole movie why I love it and it's definitely kind of a niche movie and most people probably aren't going to see it. It's pretty much on the artsy side of the spectrum. 
but I think those people who do like this kind of thing are just going to swoon for this whole movie. And this is a great example of that. Yeah. No, it's, it, it, it almost made my others receiving votes, mm-hmm. um, which I have just sort of the honorable mention for this, just things I probably should have mentioned. Yeah. Um, the dinner conversation scene with the aforementioned Brian Tyree Henry in Beale street, mm-hmm. uh, where he's, his character's just got out of prison and is, was that the only scene he was in? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was right? just that that short little thing where he, yeah, that's his. They meet up on the street. His moment, yeah, 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 and they're and they're and they're chatting, and he's talking about some of the things that are happening that happened to him in prison when he was in jail and everything, and this yeah. sort of alluding or foreshadowing, sort of funny being you know going to prison as well, and you're sort right. of re- remembering the horrors of just his the look in his eyes of like, oh my god. And then remembering what he said when you see Fani come out one time with like bruises and something like, Oh my God, no, it's all coming yeah, true. Right. Um, I think miles is leap of faith in spider verse. I had to have something from the, from the <laughs> yeah. best movie of the year. Yeah. Um, the death of X force in Deadpool two. <laughs> oh God. Yes. So, so funny. hundred percent. Yes. Just, I mean, great uh, pick. Great pick. I mean, I, you could have, you could have even argued that the, the end credit scene as well, I think probably could have made it on there too, where he goes and kills cor- himself, corrects all the plot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All the plot cl- cl- closes the loop on all the yeah, other plot threads. That was yeah. really good too. Yeah. Um, and you're not going to like it, but Thanos snap, I think in infinity war, it has to be mentioned. I just think as it's a, it's a big moment of as the year, a big moment, yeah. I think just cause I think the whole, Marvel Universe is, I mean, it's been leading up to it. I know you're not a huge fan, but, um, but I think just as of just, that's like a time capsule moment yes, for the year, exactly. right? Exactly. It's not like in a vacuum, I think, oh, this is as good as like the dinner conversation scene in Bill Street, but it's yeah. like in the world of this, of where we are right now, it feels very of that time, I think. So, yeah. So, yeah, those are others that almost made the cut. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's like one more I want to throw in there is, did you see Mandy? Yes. I'm going with the Nicolas Cage on the toilet in the bathroom scene. Oh, it's the best uh, one. Because there's not really any other scenes in the movie like that because the rest of the movie is so stylized and leaning heavily on the the score and it's it's very painterly and it's got these kind of LSD visuals permeating the whole thing. And then you get this very small, very simple moment um, that lets Nick Cage be Mm -hmm. Nick Cage in the way we always want him to be Nick Cage. But I think here, like I actually really like Mandy overall. It was in consideration for my list actually at the higher end. Um, But it's just kind of letting him just be, have his catharsis, have his blow up that anybody in this position would do some variation of after what he just fucking mm-hmm. witnessed, which I'll, I'll leave to people who haven't seen the movie, but yeah. it's like, it's that scene. It's, I think it's one take. It's a long take lasts probably several minutes of him just chugging booze and then blowing up. There might be some crying in there, screaming, yeah, he's just destroying this bathroom, destroying yeah. himself yeah. and the bathroom simultaneously. <laughs> yeah. And then after that, it's just, all carnage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, another quick little, if I could throw this no, in for Mandy yeah. too. We'll wrap it up with this. Toward the very end of the movie, when he's going on his kill crazy rampage, there is a moment where he has a chainsaw in his hands <laughs> and he uses it very well. Yes. Um, and then you see the, the next guy in line off in the distance. 
and the guy sees him with the chainsaw. And so you're like, okay, how is this, what's this guy going to counter with? And he pulls out the most unrealistically gargantuan chainsaw. <laughs> I've, it's like his, it's like Nick Cage's chainsaw times three. Like the blade yeah. probably, it looks 12 feet long. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, how can you hold this? How can you wield this? And he kind of, he kind of like, the chainsaw is kind of off screen from how he's framed. And he brings it into screen. And I just laughed out fucking loud. I was like, this movie is doing everything I want it to do right now. And then they have, like, what's the equivalent of a chainsaw fight with swords? Right. You know? Yeah. And it, I don't know. I just love touches like that. I enjoy, yeah. I, the, the, the movie overall didn't quite mm. hit me. But there are definitely it, there are definitely moments. And I I absolutely, I really love the beginning. Like, I love the, the play when mm. they're talking about... Um, you know, their relationship and they're discussing things. And but yeah, there are these stylistic touches that I think add to it. Um, I thought it was a little bit too long, but I thought that, yeah, I mean, I mean, you, we get everything we need from the Nick Cage character from it, that, that particular bathroom scene. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, a good pick. And I think that's a good place to leave it for uh, 2018. Now we need to do, Clayton, you need to do you need to do a build a film. We need to figure out we got to get you on for build a film. Sure. And we also it's getting to be that time. We also need to do a decade list. A decade, because I have some things to say. Because you posted your top ten movies of the decade on this day, ten years ago. This very day. Yeah, I was on Facebook. Jesus, man. So I was scrolling through it. Wow. I'm not going to bring them up now. Okay. I'll bring them up when we do it. <laughs> what I, you you have issues? I have some issues. <laughs> Some issues. I have some issues. <laughs> I I know at I know in the moment. Mm-hmm. I know at the time you would think this particular these particular things. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to get a sense because I actually never ended up making one, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So when we do the decade list, right, I think I did thirty. Right, it was, you did thirty. Yeah, and I I basically wrote it for like a month. There's a lot there. You, there is a lot there. Yeah, I didn't read all of it. I just sort of skimmed a lot of it, mm-hmm. but. I want to know how you feel, and we're going to get, this is, what, this is what's called a tease. All right. We're going to get to it eventually, and just a rough list, but I want to see, first of all, how you feel, if you still feel that way. Mm-hmm. So we'll have that for you, too, coming up uh, sometime this year. We're going to sure. hope to get more pods out for you guys, too, Yeah. because I just bought these do new you, fancy microphone things, and you, I should probably use Do you think them. you could put yourself in the mindset of 10 years ago and oh, yeah. see what your oh, list would have been? Absolutely. I, oh, you mean for me personally? Yeah. Um. Like like Maybe. like, could we bounce off that way, kind of? Like, yeah, it, you probably could, right? Oh yeah, okay. I'll I'll peek at your list mm-hmm. and then I'll kind of try yeah. to do some. Whenever we ended up doing it, I'll, I will tell you though, yeah, as yeah. a teaser, that I still stand behind most of that list. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. I'm excited, <laughs> and you should be too. Yes. Uh. So uh. Yeah. Until then, we will uh, talk to you another time. Bye. Peace out. <laughs>